This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When it comes to radio, AMP hits different. AMP is a free live radio app where anyone can hop on the mic and play the music they love. From hip-hop to house music to heavy metal, discover new-to-you tracks and playlists made by music lovers who know what's good. And that includes you. Jump in the chat or call in to share your taste and add your own picks to the mix. Download AMP. That's A-M-P. For free in the App Store or go to onamp.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Hot Off the Mess. I am your host, Samantha Bush, and I am, like, looking out my window right now, and it is snowing. It is October. What even is the day? October 20th. This is coming out on the 21st. It's fucking snowing. I am sick over this. Like, I normally – I'm a winter girly. Like, I love fall and winter. I personally hate being hot. And like, I love winter clothes, the gloves, the hats, the scarves, the boots, everything, the jackets, like, especially if you're in um, somewhere cold, the jacket is like the whole outfit. And I'm a jacket whore. I love a jacket, Um, but I'm just not ready for this. Normally it snows like around my birthday, maybe on my birthday, but never like this early, I feel like, but maybe I'm just like, have been paying attention. I don't know. This is really fucking crazy. Um... Wow. There is so much to talk about today. We have Potomac. We have Salt Lake City. We have the Beverly Hills Part 2 reunion. There's a lot. And I mean, I I feel like this is going to be a long episode. So <laughs> my apologies. I'm looking at my notes right now. It is there's lots of bullet points, let me tell you. So le- I kind of just want to get right into it. Um, Oh, wait, before I get into it, I do have to say like I am throwing a Halloween party for my birthday and I did just buy like a ton of Halloween decorations. So if you guys have any recommendations for like where one can purchase like a cauldron, please let me know because I don't want like a plastic cauldron like that holds like one drink. Like I want a spooky ooky cauldron where I can get some dry ice, put it in there, make a cocktail, a punch. Um, I've been looking on the internet. I can't find one to save my fucking life. It, they're all like $6, which make, leads me to believe that they're like really small. Um, yeah. So I'm putting, <laughs> I'm putting the request out for cauldrons. Um, that is very weird, but okay. So let's just get right into it. I'm going to start with Potomac because that is the first episode of the week. So I didn't get to talk about what happened last week on Housewives because I was in New York. Things were busy. BravoCon, Bridal Fashion Week. Just guys, New York City is not a fucking joke. Um, It takes everything out of you. If you are like not from a city like that or from like the hustle and the bustle 
of some sort of plate similar. Um, it's a lot. It's really a lot. So I'm finally coming back. My body is bouncing back from that insane trip. Um, I truly, I woke up Monday morning and I seriously thought my bones were broken. Like, I don't know. Anyway, let's talk about Potomac. Um, Giselle, jizzy, jizzy, jizzy girl. She is coming too hard at Mia. Like we all agree that the posts were weird. Okay. I remember when she posted it and like the wording was very strange. Like I remember this and people, no one wants to like sit there and like question someone if they have cancer or not. That's like not cool to do. But the way that it was worded was like very strange because it was like confirming I mean, but it wasn't denying that she had cancer, but it also wasn't confirming that she had cancer. It was very weird. And then I'm sorry, it is a little sus to then post, I don't have cancer, blah, 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 the day that they started filming. Like something in the buttermilk ain't clean, to quote Phaedra Parks, Esquire. Like it just doesn't sit right with you, like when someone does that. And that's understandable. Um, but you don't have to like come at her that hard. The way Giselle came at her was like not okay in my opinion. Um, I think that that's what Robin and Ashley, basically everyone was trying to tell her like, girl, you can't come at someone like that. She was like, so the Instagram post, do you have cancer? Do you not have cancer? It's like, girl, oh my God. Like Giselle just cannot, cannot help herself. Um, And let me tell you guys, they were not having Mia at BravoCon. Like, yes, she was there. But what I mean is, like, they were just not giving her anything. It was, like, how the girls on Married to Medicine treated Anila at BravoCon on their panel. It was, like, they just don't fuck with her. Like, because nothing adds up. So it's, like, you kind of don't care what she says because it's a lie Or you don't know if it's – so you're just like, whatever. You just tune it out. You're like, girl, you're lying. Move on. Um, And I think that that's where the issue really lies um, with that. So I also have to, like, give a little side-eye to Mia, like, talking about how she's, like, the chosen one and God, like, put her on this journey to, like, talk about her story. It's like, yeah, you talk about your story. We heard your story last year. This – you – saying you have cancer then don't have cancer is not the chosen one. It just doesn't make sense. Um, Okay. I see a lot of people online always talking about Katie. Bring Katie back. Where's Katie? Bring Katie. Bring Katie. I personally, Katie gives me the chills. I don't enjoy her. Um, She makes me very nervous. She makes me anxious. There's something very off um, about Katie that just like puts me on edge. It's kind of how I used to feel about Kim Richards, like back in like the early days of Beverly Hills. Like at some point, like it's just tough to watch that. Like it's, it makes me uncomfortable. So to see Katie show up, oh God, Katie looking straight in the camera, like breaking the fourth wall to show off her blue contacts. I was like, to quote Chris Lewis, like father God in heaven, like it's, it was too much. And then she grabbed, she grabbed Ray's ass, which, okay, I do have to say that was hilarious because Karen's reaction was hilarious. Like that's why that was funny. And also Ray having a thing for Katie is so weird to me. Like that just seems so 
off. I don't know why. Like Katie is a beautiful woman, but like, I don't know. Like she just doesn't really seem like race type. I, I don't know. It seemed odd. Um, and much like Wendy, I do have to say, like, I love seeing Ashley and Candace together because you have to remember, like, Ashley brought Candace on the show. And this is something that I find so interesting about Housewives is we see it over and over and over again that the women that bring their friend on Housewives usually end up breaking apart. We saw it in Atlanta with Drew and Sanya. Um, we've seen it on – I feel like we saw it on New York – um, shit. I, I don't know. Maybe like, wait, does it happen a lot? No, it does. Um, I'm just trying to remember. I feel like it's happened a lot. Um, you guys are probably yelling into your, you know, car stereo or like wherever you're listening to this. Um, wow. That just aged me car stereo. Am I 84 years old? Oh my God. It's like, you guys are yelling at your your turntable. Like what the fuck am I talking about? Okay. No, but I, it really, I do feel like that happens a lot. I will come up with other examples, um, when they come to me. Um, but anyway, they, okay. So at BravoCon, uh, Phaedra kept referring, sorry. Phaedra kept referring to women who have no plastic surgery as vintage bodies. She kept calling them vintage, um, And it was killing me. Like she was like, you know, I love a vintage booty. And everyone thought that she meant like old. But what she meant was like, like no enhancements. Um, So watching Karen talk about her breast augmentation slash getting Tiff and Fee um, like like fixed up, um, plump, uh, lifted, if you will. Um, was just making that because all I kept thinking of was Phaedra just calling, calling people's bodies vintage. It just it kept washing over me. Um, but Candy and Chris, I want to talk about because I do think that there is something going on there for sure. Um, I think that there is this disconnect with them right now. They are having a hard time figuring out and navigating his new job his hours. Um, and I get that. Like if I was Candace, I couldn't, I couldn't date someone who works in that type of industry because I wouldn't want them working till 1am, 2am, 3am in a club. That's just me. And that's not me being like insecure. I just like would like to spend time with my person at night. Like I would want to have dinner. Like, and that goes like, even if they were a surgeon, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't want them away like that um, all the time. And especially because Candace is used to having him home. It's not like, you know, he's been working these hours and just got a different job. Like he was literally working at home doing his cooking classes, you know, on Zoom. So I wish that he would just write this cookbook, stop working as a manager at the W or wherever the fuck they are. And um, but I do think Candace does need to maybe chill a bit. Um, Yeah, I just... I'm keeping an eye on that, you know, because it does strike. There is something going on, you know, just maybe just typical marriage things, just like a disconnect. You know, I remember uh, when I first got my job at Betches, I it was like really overwhelming to me, like very, very stressful. Like I would be done with the work day and granted I was working from home, um, but I I'm, I was so exhausted 
um, during the week. And I like would like Danny would want to hang out. And I'm like, I literally can't even string a sentence together right now because I'm doing like three different jobs. And like, I was exhausted, but like, so not, I'm just saying like, I think like this could just be a, a period in their life where they have to kind of work through it. I hope it's not a symptom of something bigger TBD. Um, little miss Ashley, I've been really thinking about her a lot, you know, because her and Luke are together slash maybe not together slash fucked. Um, and I'm here for that. I really am like on all of his photos that he's posting. I'm tagging Ashley Darby. I am. I'm tagging Ashley Darby with fire emojis, flame emojis because they're fucking hot. Okay. Ashley Darby. Uh, guys, I can't. I mean, obviously you you see her on television. Stunning, gorgeous girl. Seeing her in real life. You're just like shook by her beauty. She is so petite. Got a bang and bod. Her ass does not quit. Like she's gorgeous. Okay. Anyway, so her talking about Michael, um, the demon Darby is so sickening. The fact that they still live together is gross. I don't understand this year separation rule. I think that that is so fucking weird. Like you have to be separated for a year in the state of Maryland before you get divorced. Like why? That like what if you're I'm not saying Ashley is but like what if you're in like a horribly abusive marriage and you need to get the fuck out? Like do you have to be separated for an entire year for that to happen? I just don't get it. It's not it's not adding up. The math is not mathing and I don't fully understand. Um, I don't understand that. And then, you know, I was thinking about Ashley and Michael and why she's being so amicable with him. I do think that not every divorce needs to be tumultuous. Not every divorce has to be this big fight. I do think at the end of the day, people can look at each other and just go, you know what? This is not working for us anymore. This, we still have love for each other, but at the end of the day, this is just, this is not it. Um, you know, she still does have those coochie cravings, which when she said coochie craving, oh my God, I was, I wanted to, my skin fell off my body. It did. It fell off my body. I didn't get to talk about it on the podcast. I'm just now remembering like how disgusted I was like it still is sitting with me and not in a good way but you know we still she's still having the Gucci cravings for Michael um but a part of me feels like is she being so amicable and so like understanding of you know getting this house with him and like doing this because she doesn't want to ruffle his feathers she doesn't want to rock the boat because he does pull the purse strings in this relationship. I understand that Ashley Darby makes her own money and good money at that because she has been on this show for seven years. She's an OG of the franchise, so she's fine. She's good. But it's not Michael Darby money. If you look up Michael Darby's net worth, and I'm pretty sure it's accurate from just the way that people have talked about him and the way she has talked about him, you don't want to fuck with that. Because you don't want an ugly divorce when it comes to that. It's very Sonia Morgan. Like she wants herself and her kids to be taken care of. So she has to kind of just like go along for the ride. Um, But along with that, I mean, these TikToks, the way that she lit up when she was talking about her TikTok dances, she was like, I love them. I love them. I'm like, okay, girl, 
I mean, you're killing it. I love her TikTok dances. When I go on my For You page and they pop up, um, she's killing it. Yeah, I'm really living for Ashley doing the TikTok dances. Her, I mean, it really, they're hilarious to me because I think she takes them like very serious. As much fun as she has with them, I do think that she really tries to master them and be like really sexy. Um, but I can't help but laugh because they're so silly and she's doing them like, I don't know. It's just funny. It just, it just brings me some joy. Um, I'm really, really here for Robin, uh, this season. I've always enjoyed Robin. I really took up for her last season, especially with Mr. Juan Dixon who like questioned and put her down for having, you know, depression and anxiety coming out of COVID. I mean, I wish that that was almost discussed more, um, from, other housewives because I'm starting to feel that way too a little bit like not starting I mean I have for a long time but like coming out of COVID is like I think everybody just wants to like bounce back and like be we're normal like we're this we're that and it's like no like we're all still feeling it like we're all still not over it and we're still coping but we're but we also are trying so hard to move past it that none of us are dealing with it, if that makes sense. I don't even know if I'm making sense. I'm just rambling per usual. Um, but Robin, really, I love her. I think she's essential to this show. She's very Cynthia Bailey, in my opinion, like where, yeah, she might not be like, you know, causing all the drama, but she is involved in most of it. And she does hold her friends accountable. And I really think that that is something other housewives, um, Beverly Hills, should take note of. Like, you can be a f- true friend and still hold your friends accountable. Um, and Robin was really like, Giselle, first of all, your delivery with Mia was fucked up. Um, you, what you were saying was on point, but the delivery was wrong, which we discussed earlier in the episode. And again, Robin is sticking up for Chris and Candace like, no, Giselle, like, that's actually not weird that he talked to you alone. Like, you've known each other for five years now. It's it's really not that big of a deal. Um, and, you know, you never want to discount someone's feelings. And I think that Robin and Candace later in the episode were really trying um, not to do that, to, like, discard Giselle. But then when they were like, okay, so, like, did he say something or do something to make you uncomfortable? And she's like, well, no. And it's like, uh okay, so like then he didn't do anything and you are causing a problem out of nothing. Um, And I really enjoy, I really, really respected Robin for calling her out on that and being like, this is very weird. Um, And then when Candace and Ashley sat down and, you know, I really am enjoying their friendship together. Ashley, you know, talked to her and was like, you know, it was kind of weird. Like Chris DM'd me you know, and said, come to the W at like two 30 in the morning. And I was like, well, where's Candace? I know Candace is not there, blah, blah, blah. And Candace like really sat with it. She Candace guys, the growth with Candace, can we all give her her fucking round of applause? Old Candace would have fucking lost it. Okay. Candace sat there. She really listened to what she was saying. Um, and was just like, listen, you know, if my husband was trying to come on to you. Like I would want to know. So I do appreciate you coming to me as a woman right now, but also like Chris works there. He's trying to like rehab the image of the W obviously Ashley and Robin was there. I don't know if a lot of people know that, but Ashley and Robin were there that night together. 
Um, so obviously having women who are on like a, a super successful franchise or show come to their bar is like the, what you want, you know, like that, that makes a lot of sense. And when Candace explained that, I was like, okay, that's good. But I could tell by the look on her face that she kind of like clocked that a little bit. Like she was like, okay, like I'm dismissing this. I'm hearing her out dismissing it, but I'm going to keep this in the back of my mind because something, these girls, something's going on. Right. So when Candace got to the dance class, the dance class, um, Giselle was like, yeah, I want to sit and talk to you. And Candace immediately was like, like, you could see the look on her face. She was like, oh, this is weird. Like, okay. So they sit down and Giselle is telling her about her experience with Chris at the reunion last year and how Chris, you know, was like, oh, I want to talk to you. And they went in the room and she felt uncomfortable. And you could tell again by the look on Candace's face that she is now fully realizing what's going on and that these women are going to come for her husband this season. That is what is happening. And because she's listening, she's hearing her out because Candace is not a dummy. She would never like blame the woman in the situation. I believe Um, just knowing Candace, I don't think that she would be like, well, Giselle, like you shouldn't have done this, blah, blah, blah. I don't think that that would ever be the case. But then she was like, so did he say something? No. Did he do something? No. Did he touch you? No. So she's like, okay, so now I get what we're doing. You're coming for my husband. The way that she broke the fourth fucking wall <gasps> gave me the fucking chills. You guys, she looked dead ass at the producers and the camera and was like, oh, this is what we're doing right now. We're coming for my husband. We're coming for my marriage. That is a storyline because she clearly doesn't have one of her own. Um, so she's got to come for my family and immediately was like, I'm getting up. Where the fuck is Eric, the producer who, I mean, I'm assuming Eric is the producer. Um, and she was like, just get the fuck out of my face with this camera. Like, this is crazy. Candace really restrained herself in my opinion, compared to what Candace, I think would have done if this happened three years ago. Um, or even last year, to be quite honest. I mean, last year, you know, people were coming for her husband again saying that he was a bum and that her mom said this whatever whatever remember she threw salad so I think Candace handled this perfectly I think what um Giselle is doing is really fucking weird and really gross and Giselle needs to get a life and I understand that they're on a show together but girl this ain't it and for Candace to be like why are we not discussing like Michael Darby who's actually made women feel uncomfortable and men uncomfortable like why are we coming for my husband and the hurt that she probably felt in that moment when she was talking about her husband, when she was talking about Chris to Giselle, she was like, Chris looks at you guys like really good friends. He would put his jacket over a puddle for you to walk on. And you're doing this to him. Like you're really going to make, you're going to put it out there that he did something to you or Ashley or is coming on to anybody, but me, that's a fuck. That's not going to happen. And I was like, fuck yeah, Candace, you ride for your man, girl. Now I don't, I don't think that they have a perfect relationship and a perfect marriage. But one thing I do know is that I do think that they really do love each other and she's not going to put up with that. And I cannot wait for next week. It's going to be so fucking juicy. And um, yeah, I'm really ready for her to kind of pop the fuck off in Giselle, to be honest. I mean, she is coming for her a little bit on 
Twitter. Um, and you know, my candy, you know, that she just has those Twitter thumbs and they just go, go, go. And she just can't seem to help herself. So I hope she restrains a little bit because again, the message can get lost in the delivery. It's, it can be a big mess and we don't, we don't need that. Your lips can do a whole lot more than kiss. Your lips express love and speak your truth. Plump your lips with Juvederm Volbella XE or Juvederm Ultra XE for natural looking results that are completely and uniquely you. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XE or Juvederm Ultra XE. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. So we start where we left off last week with Garcelle versus Diana. Um, who, who is Diana in this world? You know, she was not invited to BravoCon. She's literally um, barely on this reunion. Thank God. I love that Bravo just kind of was like, okay, we got to get one segment with her. And then we're, we're done. We're done with this lip liquor. Um, Garcelle hates her. And when Garcelle is done with someone... I firmly believe that she's like done with them. And when she said, I'm not talking to her anymore, I was like, oh, baby, this is she's really she's really done with her. Um, I literally wrote <laughs> I wrote down Diana is a demon loser. Um, Very profound words uh, from me. Demon loser. Um, Make it make sense. But when they were all saying that the word evil is worse than the word cunt. I was like, are you guys okay? Even as someone who uses that word occasionally, I do think I called Heather DeBro at once on this podcast and people were enraged. Um, but I said, I said what I said, um, is a joke. It's a fucking joke. And even Andy would like looked at all of them and was like, are you guys serious? Like the look on his face was just like in shock because these are the same women who were furious and disgusted by Brandy calling Kyle a cunt in like season five. Okay. Give me a fucking break. Okay. It's, it's a joke. They're a joke. And it reminded me a lot um, of that one season of Vanderpump rules. I want to say it's season five. Yeah, it was season five. So it wasn't Lala's first season. It was her second. And it's when Stassi and Katie were friends again. Um, you know, that whole trio was back together, the witches of WeHo. And the way that they came at Lala, and I remember Stassi was like, Well, you should have a problem with her to Katie. It's like that is the kind of dynamic I'm seeing on Beverly Hills with the with those four women. Is like, I don't think Dorit thinks evil is worse than cunt. I don't believe that. But is Dorit going to go along with it and say, oh yeah, for sure. Evil is so much worse. It's like, are you guys fucking serious? 
And the look on Garcelle and Sutton and Crystal's face when they said that was just like in utter disbelief. But you could tell that they weren't like shocked that this group of women were like, you know, saying this. They were just like, wow, okay, this is the kind of show we're on, like where these women really do only stick up for one another. Um, And when it comes to Diana and Sutton, one thing I love about Sutton and respect is she stands in her convictions, okay? She knows how she feels and she doesn't back down. And that is something that I really, really respect. Um, And she literally was like, listen, it is what it is. I don't consider her a friend. I don't like her. Um, I don't think there's anything we need to clear up. I was like, okay, that's it. Moving on. Diana, goodbye. See ya, never. Um, and then we get to like that weird like little lunch break with Garcelle or not Garcelle, excuse me, with Erica and Rinna. And they were like, do you see the division that causes when Garcelle said that she felt that maybe it was one of the women in the group who put the bots out on her son on those racist fucking bots. Um, I'm sorry, Rina, Erica, uh, do you guys not realize the division you guys caused just by only riding for one another? Like the way that they just look at the situation and like, can't seem to like grasp how they're in the wrong ever is like so fucking frustrating to me. Um, and while we're on this conversation, one thing I have to say that I just want to get off my chest right now is something that really did not sit right with me was how Andy made Garcelle say in front of this group of women, if he feels anyone in the group is racist, I don't think that that's fair to put on her um, in that setting, number one. And it's deeply uncomfortable. I mean, and it's a much more nuanced, nuanced conversation than just like no or yes, because you can feel someone, you know, displays microaggressions, but you might not think that they're racist. They just are ignorant and stuff like that. And I just didn't think that that was really fair um, of Andy to ask that of Garcelle to answer um, at all. So I think that that comes up a little bit later in the episode, but I just had a a note in right now. Um, Yeah. That's what kind of frustrates me sometimes is like stuff like that is like such a heavy nuanced conversation. And I'm sure Garcelle would be open to having that conversation, but the way that it was presented was like, okay, well you should say no, because if you said yes, like it would cause this big issue. And it's like, she doesn't want to do that. So yeah, that really bothered me. But I have to ask, like, when did everyone hate Crystal? When did this start? The way these women are coming for her is so crazy and out of nowhere, in my opinion. Like, I've never, I haven't seen Kyle this angry in forever. And it's like, girl, I wish you would have been this angry at Rinna when she like threw a drink and tried to choke out your own sister. Just call me crazy. Um, I'm an only child, so maybe I don't get sisterly dynamics, but whoo, that would be nuts. And, you know, Kyle coming for Crystal like this is just so odd. 
And I do think Crystal didn't do herself any favors. I'm not going to completely agree with Crystal in this situation, but I do wish that the women would just be able to hear Crystal out a little bit. And if Sutton and Crystal are fine, why the fuck do you care? Why do you care? I don't get it. And then Andy last week on the first part of the reunion talking about, you know, dramatic millennials. Isn't that a little bit redundant? Okay, Andy, let's let's not be a boomer. Let's relax. Okay. Um, sorry, Crystal is, doesn't want people to be racist, uh, doesn't want to support an alleged pedophile. Um, weird when it comes to Michael Jackson, obviously, that's what I'm talking about. Very weird. Um, so that's that's pretty much all I have to say about that situation. Um, but I do just have like a quick note. It's really not of any sort of importance, but Kyle getting these tattoos is like very odd, like very out of character for her. I feel like, like not the ankle tattoo, because I do think that that's of her generation. I know so many women in their fifties who have ankle tats. Um, yeah. So that just seemed very odd. I mean, she was like, I don't know. It's just a very strange, but Dorit and Erica guys, there's some friction brewing as we know, Erica Jane, on Watch What Happens Live at BravoCon said that Dorit and PK are next to get divorced. Then Dorit and PK took to Instagram and were basically like, what the fuck is your problem? PK came for her and collected her. And then during the reunion, we see Erica saying, oh, I met PK like years ago at, was it the World Cup? Something like that. Some sporting event. And he thought that they were porn stars. And you could just tell the look on Dorit's face. She was like, I've never known that. Like, I've known you for how long and you're just now telling me this. And also, like, that's not a cute, funny story. Even Andy and Kyle were like, Erica, what the fuck was that? Like, so that is kind of I feel like that kind of started the ripples with that friendship, like that kind of like, uh, I don't know about that. That's really weird. Um, Because one thing about Dorit, like, do not talk about her man. Do not talk about Paul Kemsley. Um, and then when it comes to Garcelle in the book, let's talk about it. I do want to say, like, I really love that they had that moment where she talked about her intuition and her gut feeling about getting the fuck out of Bill Cosby's townhouse. Um, what a sick fuck. And I was like, that's super important because I think as women, we're often told, like, to second guess ourselves because we're told we're dramatic or we're reading into a situation. We're always, always told stuff like that. And, um, I'm really, I'm really happy to have seen that conversation where they were like, no, like we listened to our gut and we were right. And I think that that's a really important lesson for a lot of women. I'm just, and men out there is trust your gut. Um, and if something doesn't feel right to you, listen to that and take yourself out of that situation or stop talking to that person. And you know what I mean? I don't know. I just really, really appreciated that. But let's talk about the other part of the book, the Eric or the Rina Garcelle drama. I don't think Garcelle did anything wrong by recapping a story that took place on this show. I also understand why Rina is like, please don't talk about my child. Garcelle agreed to that but then put it in the book. Garcelle made it right, in my opinion, by calling her, you know, because lawyers then got involved with her publicist and book people. And then she's like, okay, like I'll take it out of the second 
edition. Obviously, I can't take it out the first. It's already been printed. Things have already happened. I think Garcelle did the right thing. And then to find out that Lisa Rinna threw the book in the garbage and had Erica post it. And then Erica didn't say a word about that all season. It just kind of makes you look at them very different because it's like Erica took a lot of shit for that. I do remember when that was posted and like everyone was like, oh, my God, Erica, 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 like really coming for her. And she didn't say anything about Rinna. And you can just see like the look of hurt in Garcelle's eyes when this conversation is going on because Andy did make light of it. And I thought that that was very fucking weird when he I don't know, like it really bothered me how he he just kind of moved on and didn't say, like, do you guys want to apologize to Garcelle for throwing out her book? Like, do you guys have anything to say? Or Garcelle, how do you feel about that? He just was like, you're really bad at recycling. It's like, that's what you're talking about? Garcelle was tearing up. She was hurt. You know, they were snickering and laughing and she's sitting there like, what the fuck? You know, how can you sit there and defend that how can you sit there and not say anything for months and take the heat for that? And then, you know, that's just like not discussed. It's like not, you're not asking Garcelle how she feels. It just is not right. It's not right. And I didn't like that at all. And Andy's getting eaten the fuck up on Twitter. You guys, holy shit. I looked this morning because I, you know, I went over on Twitter. I'm the trending section first first name Andy I click on it whoo he's it's not good people are not happy with his performance they don't think that he is able to handle those kind of tough conversations um that involve race microaggressions things like that and I do have to agree I don't think I don't think he's um equipped If we're being honest for that, I do think Andy can handle a lot, but it seems like time and time again, it's, he's, it's not going well. Um, I just felt like Garcelle just kept taking hit after hit, you know, it, it was really a really hard reunion to watch. Um, and the way that they nitpick her is so frustrating and she can't do anything right. And, you know, Erica's like, well, you posted that one clip when the trailer for the season came out of, of Garcelle saying, um, Erica, you can make yourself look bad on your own. Why the fuck do you care if she used that clip? You guys are disasters on Twitter and social media. And you care that Garcelle posted a clip of herself? Oh, it just like everything. I was like yelling at my TV. I was like, you fucking bitches. Like what the hell? It's so frustrating to watch. Cause it's like, and granted, I love it. I love this kind of like, you know, I love watching drama and stuff like that. But at one point I'm just like screaming. Cause I'm like, this is what you guys care about. But what about all the other shit Rena has done or Kyle has done or Dorit? I mean, Dorit honestly hasn't really done much cause she doesn't contribute much to the show. Um, this season, if we're being honest. Okay. But I'm just like, oh, my God, to nitpick Garcelle about what clips she posted to promote the new season. It's like, really? Okay. I don't know. It just really, really bothered me. Um, I was really glad to see that Andy talked about or brought up 
the fact that Sutton was basically bullied the entire season. And I don't like to use that word bully. I know it's a very, it's a triggering word for some, uh, but she was, in my opinion. Uh, I think they view her as less than. Um, I think that they think she's like this weird, quirky girl. Um, you know, the girl that brings the weird lunch to school, the one that wears kitten sweaters. Like she just rubs them the wrong way. And what I think rubs them the wrong way, honestly, is the fact that she is a fan favorite and they can't wrap their minds around someone being a fan favorite who is like not like on their level as they think, you know? And so when Andy was like, okay, Renelle, like you do kind of like punch down with her, like you're constantly pushing at her. Um, What is the word I'm looking for? Oh my God. I can't think of it. But anyway, sorry, you can cut all that out. Cause I was like, what the fuck am I trying to say? Um, and then when they question why Garcelle sticks up for Sutton again, it's even more of a, what the fuck? Because you just heard, you know, Erica stuck up for Rinna this whole time about throwing the book in the garbage. And you're like, what? Garcelle can stick up for her friend. You guys literally do that all the time. And when Andy finally came to his fucking senses and he was like, I mean, to be honest, you all do that. And then Crystal was like, yeah, all four of you, you know, I felt like it was the first time on this show where the, they were being called out for being this alliance. And it was nice to see Garcelle Sutton and Crystal all stand their ground and say, you know, you all stick together. Like, why can't we have friends in, in each other too? Like, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, And what's frustrating is, you know, Kyle constantly coming for Crystal now, but Crystal let Kyle have it. She was like, why are you not understand? Like, you can't understand something unless you go through it. And that's just not how this world works. And the way that she came for Kyle, I was living for that. Um, And watching them all kind of scatter and like get nervous when Kathy Hilton shows up is really fucking hilarious to me. Um, and one thing I have to say before I get on to Salt Lake City is that it is kind of frustrating as a viewer to watch Andy, um, kind of make light of how Rinna and Erica act on social media. Like he can kind of joke about it. Um, it just feels very different than how he treated, I don't know, Candace in the past, uh, yeah, it's just, I just, I'm, you know, I'm taking note. I'm taking note of that. But anyway, that's all I have for Beverly Hills. And let's end this episode with Salt Lake City. Again, we pick up where we were last week with Whitney versus Heather at this table talking, talking about blowies for courtside seats at the jazz game. Just let that sit with you for a second. Blowies for courtside seats at the jazz game. I live in Detroit, so the sports teams here, if you guys know anything about sports, are not good, okay? The Red Wings had their heyday with hockey back in the 90s. We had the bad boys with the Pistons. Guys, how sporty do I sound? Is this ESPN? The bad boys with Pistons were in the 80s. Like, we had our moment. The Lions have never had their moment. Um, But I got to tell you, I don't think the Jazz team – it's good. I've never heard of them. I don't know anything about them. 
I, but I can promise you, I think that they're worse than any team we got here. So the fact that anybody would be giving blowings to go to that is nuts. And also, I think it's crazy that this is even a rumor that Meredith did start. So it's so hard to watch because Whitney is so fucking drunk. And I wish that like Jen or Meredith would have just picked Whitney up and put her to bed and been like, this conversation is not going anywhere. You guys are just getting into this big old fight when you're fucking wasted out of your mind. Um, And what she said about setting boundaries is so important. And this is something I've been learning on my journey in therapy and my friends are learning as well is if you are someone who has never set boundaries before with people and you let them do whatever the fuck that they want and talk to you however they want, et cetera. And then one day you decide this is not okay with me. I am putting my boundary up with you. You know, please do not talk to me like this. Please do not do this. Whatever the case may be, you see them implode. They don't know how to handle that because they're used to walking all over you. They're used to you being like someone that just, you know, goes with the flow and does whatever and is fine with everything that you say and do. And what Whitney is saying is so fucking true. Every I've experienced that before, currently kind of experiencing it now. Um, so I was like, good for her. She's on this journey to healing and she's letting Heather know like the way that you're talking right now is not fucking okay. And you literally watch Heather lose her fucking mind. And at BravoCon, the two of them were going at it. Let me tell you, they're not in a good place. Whitney was very confused because she thought that they were in a good place. Heather was really coming for her. Whitney was coming for her. Like they were both coming for each other. So, I mean, update guys, they're not doing well. Um, and you know, I just watching this fight was just kind of frustrating because it wasn't getting anywhere. It was just a bunch of like drunk women yelling at each other, which is like literally the synopsis for housewives. Uh, but it was like hard to watch because it's watching two cousins. There's a lot of hurt there that's being created. And also Whitney is coming from a place where she's dealing with a lot internally that it's like, it's pouring out of her in a, in a different way. But then, I mean, Heather threw her like a rag doll against that wall. She really did. She tossed her, tossed her into the wall. That's not cool. I don't like when people get physical with each other. I have, I mean, I've never gotten into a physical fight, but I mean, just imagining me in a physical fight, honestly, is so funny. Cause it would just like, I would just be in a ball, just crying. Like, please, like you can hit me like you can do whatever you want. Um, but I, I don't like when the housewives get physical like that. It did. I made me a little bit uncomfortable. Um, but Heather really kind of lost her mind and Heather being upset that Whitney tore up this card when she was literally blackout it feels like a reach. It's not like, you know, she's did anything that horrible. She just ripped a card up because she was angry. Like, I wish that Heather would have gone in Whitney's room in the morning, brought her a cup of coffee and was like, girl, let's talk. Let's talk. Cause you were fucking out of your mind last night. What is the problem? Let's get to the root of the problem. And, but of course that's not what happened. Um, they woke up. Oh, Wait, really quick before we move on. I do have to say the editors doing the in memoriam for the Arizona Stakes was chef's kiss. Amazing. Um, One thing I have to say is Lisa Barlow is the most hilarious person 
I've seen on TV in a really long time because it's so unintentional. It reminds me of Luann. Luann Deliceps of Roni, as you know. She had these like one-liners, like really just like casual throwaway stuff. Like, like when, for example, when Heather confronted her about the guy sleeping naked in the other room and she just goes, not really. I mean, like the delivery was so fucking funny. It's like that. Lisa Barlow reminds me of her. So like her, like wandering this house with her diet Coke and her pajamas. Well, Whitney is being thrown across the room. <laughs> like she's in the fucking Avengers. I mean, it's hilarious. Like she's so fucking funny to me. And she like, oh my God, she just really kills me. Her at BravoCon, she, she swears a lot. And you know who also swears a lot is Teresa Judice. Teresa loves to fucking swear. Okay. And I loved that. Um, I love seeing that side of them, but anyway. Um, and then when they introduce a woman named Crystal Pussy, I gasped because in the commercial or the ad or the trailer for this episode where you saw the woman like shaking her ass, I thought that woman was Heather. I did. I was like, oh, that's Heather Gay. She just changed. And then we meet Crystal Pussy and Jennifer Shaw says the words, my makeup artist is also Crystal Pussy. And I screamed. I screamed because like, what the fuck is this show? What are we doing? These women are learning how to twerk. Meredith is shaking her ass. You know, Whitney's passed out, ripped up a card, fell asleep. Like, I don't know where Lisa Barlow is. Lisa Barlow is like wandering this house like the ghost of Christmas past. Uh, it's really a sight to see. Um, Chris, justice for Crystal Pussy. Uh, and it's kind of weird watching them the next morning, like not acknowledge that Whitney was just fucking wasted. They're acting like Whitney was stone cold sober, that all of them were just drinking water the whole night. And I'm like, no, she reacted like she had a moment. She was mad at you guys. Like she's frustrated and upset and has a lot going on. Like, why are we acting like this is just how she acts in her normal day life? It just was very odd. And then Heather just hanging her hat on this idea of like, this was Jen's last getaway before she goes to prison for 50 years. Like, why is Whitney making it about her? I'm like, well, because it's a show. And Whitney can go through things at the same time as a friend can. And like, it's okay. Not saying it's okay that Whitney's going through this, but like, um, or dealing with this. Cause obviously it's really sad, but I mean, like just because Jen is going to prison doesn't mean like everyone else's life just like stops, you know, it's very strange. And after, honestly, after BravoCon, I become a Whitney girl. Me and my friend Paige, like we literally looked at each other and we're like, wow, do we like Whitney? I, as you guys know, was never the biggest fan of Whitney, but I really applaud her vulnerability. I think she's the sweetest girl. She stands her ground with her with Heather at BravoCon. Like she was letting her have it. And I was living. I was living. And I don't know. I feel like she's telling the truth. I feel like Heather is lying. And yeah. And listening to Jen talk about her trial is so interesting because now I get why Bravo like took her contract away, ripped it up into shreds and took her snowflake because this woman was bamboozling people. Okay. She bamboozled Bravo. She was saying like, I'm innocent. I'm innocent. My kids, my kids. And that is sad. Like, you know, she does have two boys. It's very, very sad, you know, but 
girl, you kind of are the ringleader of this whole operation. Like, and then she pleads guilty. Oh, it's it's just really interesting to watch her act innocent, knowing that she pleads guilty. And I'm going to say that every single week. I should just have a button where like I just say that at the top of every Salt Lake City recap. Um, so then Meredith and Lisa hug. And that was really emotional. I wasn't expecting it. It was a nice moment. I was like, wow, there is a path forward with these two. Like we can maybe see the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, there was that hug. Um, And I thought that that was like a really beautiful moment. They all hugged, you know, and Jen got in the car and said goodbye to go on her red eye to go to her um, trial. And um, yeah, I, you know, I always say like, I love the fights in Housewives, but I also love the makeups. I feel like it's crucial to the show. So anyway, also, I didn't get to bring this up last week because I didn't do an episode um, because I was in New York, like I said, but I can't stop thinking about how Jen Shaw poured seltzers into Whitney's vagina. It was so upsetting to me because I'm just thinking like, oh, girl, that's going to throw your pH balance off, sticky, a mess. Why are you doing that? I was literally yelling at the TV, like, please stop pouring fucking seltzers down her skirt. Like Whitney was hanging upside down in a little skirt and Jen was pouring drinks on her vagina. And I'm like, what? I couldn't even believe it. Like, did she walk around with a sticky puss all day? Oh, no, thank you. But then they go to this whiskey bar, whatever. Um, and Heather and Whitney are not okay. I feel like Heather is lying. Like I said, she's being incredibly insensitive to Whitney. And Lisa's even like, where the fuck is your sensitivity chip, bitch? Like, your cousin is going through a really hard time talking about her abuse that she has tucked away for years. And you're like telling her that she can't feel that way. It was very weird, but I will have to say at the end of the episode, watching them all talk about Jen's trial was honestly so refreshing because we never really got that with New Jersey because the women obviously were like so scared to talk about it because Teresa is a really, really scary person. And just kept saying, like, I'm not going away. I'm not going away. I'm going to camp. I'm going to camp. Things like that. So, like, it was never really able to be, like, fully discussed how they discussed it on Salt Lake City. And I really, I appreciated that, you know? Um, But, yeah. So, I'm excited for the rest of the season. I'm excited to see more of this, you know, hindsight 2020 watching Jen profess her innocence. Um, I find that just fascinating. Fascinating. And um, I'm excited to kind of see what's going on with Whitney and Heather, Lisa and Meredith, Lisa and Whitney. I'm really loving their friendship, you know, that's going on. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. And um, yeah. And please follow me at Bravo Historian on Instagram. Please, for the love of God, follow me at Betches Brides. Just support me. You can mute the account. I would just love the follow so I don't get fired. Thank you. And um, yeah, I will see you guys all next Tuesday. It is my birthday week next week, so I won't shut the fuck up about it. And everyone have a great weekend. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Media Production.